Dear listeners, good day. You're welcome to this another episode of Chapter Verses podcast channel. Your host is Tola Johnson. I will see you through this eventful podcast show where you will enjoy short story, memo, short reviews, and exposition. Once again, you're welcome. Yes, that's a song from Asha, Bing Bamiwi. In continuation of our podcast show today, we are going to discuss about a Yoruba proverb, short story for it, and the title of the short story is Elepo and Oniyogi. I said Elepo and Oniyogi in Yoruba. The story of Elepo and Oniyogi comes to mind here. One called Elepo because of the nature of her merchandise, Pamoe. The other called Oniyogi also because of the nature of her merchandise, Sharp Sands. One day a long time ago, which no one living can actually define, Elepo and Oniyogi set out from opposite direction. They set out to sell their merchandise. After traveling many days by foot, which was the only means of transportation in those days, they met at a narrow path, which Iyagba called Eselkogbiji. It was such a narrow path on the right of way. One person could go through at a time. Elepo insisted on the right of way. Oniyogi would have none of it. Both argued until other travelers met them there, and a long queue soon formed behind both of them. Still, neither Elepo nor Oniyogi would budge. According to our grandparents, both had a stubborn streak in them. This happened simply because when they were both born, the first first water used to bait them was taken from the same river. According to the customs then, newborn babies were also given the same water to drink. The name of the water is called Kain Kain. Having failed to pacify both women, some wise travelers suggested a way out, that both women should slug it out. Whoever won the contest should have the right of way. The suggestion sat pretty with both women. Quickly, each woman set down their merchandise on the road and they squatted up one to the other. The battle was ferocious and long. In the end, Elepo had the better of Oniyogi 
lifted off her feet and landed her on the floor. The crowd roared. But as Onyogi hit the floor, one of her outstretched legs caught Elipo's merchandise and tilted it. Immediately, the content, which was pamoy, gushed out of the bush part. Furious, Elipo reached out for the merchandise of Onyogi and flung it upside down on the road, and its contents were sharp sand, poured out on the roadside. Oniyogi got up from the floor, dusted herself, ignored the jeers of the crowd, who started hailing Elipo for winning the bragging rights. As footballers fan call it these days, and began to pack her merchandise. Having done that, she speared, she respected the agreement by stepping out of the narrow path for Eleko to have her right away. But Eleko stood transfixed on his spot. Her own merchandise has been irreversible, wasted, and could not be salvaged as Onyogi has salvaged hers. Eleko won the contest, but her victory was pyrrhic. Whereas she won the right of way, she had no more trips to make since her wares were wasted. This was the origin of the Yoruba song, which means, and warns, that anyone carrying palm oil to beware of the one carrying sharp sand. In other words, if you are in a very delicate position, beware of someone who has little or nothing to lose. Read and digest this story. Are you Oniyogi that has that shouldn't mind who carry Epo? Or are you a lepo that should beware of Oniyogi? Thank you. Thanks for listening. Good day, dear listeners. You are welcome to the Chapter Verses and Episode Podcast channel. Your host, once again, is Tola Johnson. I will see you through this eventful podcast show where you will enjoy short story memo, short reviews, and exposition. Once again, you are welcome and thank you.
Yes, truly we need him, Chairman. That's Asha. On today's episode, we'll be sharing a short story about Adebayo Ojo, who was sent to the fringes of human existence. This is an article called a story called from an article by Kingsley Uge. The General Council joined legal action against in Nigeria. It was August 2003. Adebayo Ojo was barely 18 from Mogotuikiti State. He was the first child of a polygamous home. On that fateful day, he was on his way back from school when he was arrested by men and officers of the notorious state anti-robbery squad, otherwise known as SARS. Prior to this arrest, there was a report of armed robbery in the home of a prominent indigenous of the community. Police were invited to help investigate and apprehend those involved in the said alleged robbery. But trust the Nigerian police, rather than conduct a thorough investigation into the alleged robbery elements, from SARS head office, Ekiti State swerved on the sleepy town, arresting, extorting, harassing and intimidating any young man outside. It was a massive raid. Poor Adebayo Joe was arrested on the streets within the community alongside other persons and taken to SARS headquarters. It was like a dream to him. The false accusation, the written statement obtained after dehumanizing, torture and inexplicable duress. The charade was supposed to frighten the victims into parting with huge sums of money or bail. Unfortunately, these are folks from rural areas where a family of five feed on less than a dollar in a day. So while those who could hurt the financial without, were without bills themselves out of the SARS Gualag after paying huge sums of money, Adebayo Ojo's parents, who are pure, poor subsistence farmers, could not meet up with the exorbitant sums of money demanded as bill. Angered by what they considered to be outright disobedience to their sinister demand, SARS officials subjected young Adebayo Ojo to excruciating torture and had his genitals crushed with pliers in order to extract confessional statements from him. Under severe pains and delirious, and delirious Adebayo confessed to a robbery he knew nothing about. The complainants in the matter were invited and informed that the young Adebayo Joe has confessed to the robbery. Oddly enough, the complainants were determined to draw blood at all costs, despite their misgivings and doubts in their hearts that those who robbed their premises weren't as young as the innocent victim being paraded before them. The law, they say, is an ass. It follows that a confessional statement remains a confessional statement in the eye of the law. So young Adebayo Ojo was subsequently arraigned in the High Court of Ekid State on a two-count charge of robbery and conspiracy. On the basis of his confessional statement, he was a convicted and not surprisingly sentenced to death by the High Court of Ekiti State. Of course, his fate was already sealed, partly because he had no means of hiring a competent lawyer to defend him, and more because even the Office of the Public Offender nominated by the court to defend him were generally lacklusters and not diligent in handling of the matter.
that was the beginning of a traumatic 17-year journey from one Nigerian prison facility to another as a condemned criminal awaiting execution. Years later, about six years, as an awaiting execution convict or thereabout, the actual robbers were subsequently discovered and apprehended. Ironically, young Ariba Ojo remained in prison, having been condemned to death for 17 years for an offense he did not commit. While in prison, he reached out to General Counsel of the Joint Legal Action Aids, GLLA, through Barrister Kingsley Uge. GLLA mounted spirited efforts for his release. His death sentence was subsequently committed to life imprisonment. GLEA advised him and got him and many others to continue his education. It had aborted due to his order through the prison correctional educational program. He subsequently made his own levels at an, as an inmate on death row, got admission into the National Open University now, where he read criminology and security studies. Adebayo Ojo, sheer will and determination. Through sheer will and determination, graduated in 2019 with a second class upper levels. GLLA brought the ordeal of, his, of this young man to the then governor of Ekiti State, Dr. Fayemi Kayode, who in, who in exercise of his powers of prerogative of mercy granted Mr. Debaoju amnesty and released him in October 2019. This was exactly 17 years after his conviction and sentenced to death for an offense he knew nothing about. Out of prison, and armed with a second-class upper investigative result. Young Ariba Ojo, now 34 years of age, is faced with a new round of discrimination, stigmatization, and disillusionment. The, the state government who promised to give him an employment in the state civil service did now fulfill his initial promise. His numerous applications to the state civil service and corporate organizations were rejected on the ground that he is an ex-convict and therefore not eligible to work in the civil service of any corporate organization as that. Ordinarily, the idea of prison reforms presupposes opportunities of second-class chance to persons such as Adeba Ojo who have served their terms and gone through correctional systems. When the gate of prison of the prison opens, the paths ahead of such person should lead to a better life and reconciliation with a welcoming society. But this is not the case for young Adebayojo. He is rejected everywhere, denied opportunity of a second chance and a new beginning in life owing to stigmatization from society. Homeless, penniless and yet again frustrated and without any means of livelihood. Even with a second-class upper degree in his kitty, Adeba Ojo is once again faced with the trauma and spectra of rejection by a society that took his youth away from him. He sauntered into Greystone Solicitors, head of his today. Then, he was pale, gaunt, lean and angry looking. He demanded to see Barrister Kingsley, 
and questioned why DLLA had to release him from prison to face a more traumatic solitary confinement. He narrated to the team of lawyers present at the office how he feels like an outcast. He tells of his rejection, the trauma he faces, and difficulty in starting life again. The rejection of those who have gone through our correctional facilities in Nigeria and the willingness of society to accept them back into our fold is a problem to solving the menace of crime. It does something to the victim of crime or society. It is a cruel and useless system. The only conclusion one can reach when faced with this kind of pathetic case is that crime of our insensitive leaders and skilled criminal justice on the poor and defenseless in the midst must not go unpunished and unaddressed. Young Ariba Ojo needs a job desperately then, not only as a means of survival but to reassure our dying humanity that there is still hope in the human presence outside the prison walls. For the question will always be asked, who sent Adebayo Ojo to the fringes of human existence? Is it SARS, the criminal justice, or the insensitive and pitiness of Nigerian society? I will leave you with this question while you listen to Asha's song. Thank you for listening.